Hey guys, welcome to Wedding Pros Podcast. Uh, this is part two of a systems episode, and we're big systems nerds um, here at Stop Go Love and High Sales Media and all our various companies. And um, one of the questions I, I think people ask me a lot personally is they'll be like, um, so when you asked me the other day, like, well, did, were you always planning on growing a company like this for weddings? Was that your plan from the beginning? And I think the answer is kind of yes and kind of no, right? Mm -hmm. Did someone really ask you that question? Yes, yeah, someone just actually like, did ask is me. Is that, that just like a YouTube thing? No, I'll I'll pull it up views. right in the message. Huh. Interesting. Uh yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely been asked that before. Um because I, I think the answer is no. We just honestly didn't know what the heck we were doing. <laughs> we're just yeah. like, hey, should we name it J and J photography and videography? And we we're like, no, that's Yeah, well, there was lame. like there was kind of a plan and kind of not a plan. Sure. Like we we knew we wanted it to grow. Yeah, I think we w we we knew a couple people that were like had their name photography and they were like, "Ah, it's just so hard having it be your name because it's always expected to be you on site every single week and like if you want time off." We were like, "Well, what if we played around with that and we became more of like a studio and then we could like if one of us is having a kid or something, then we could, you know, yeah. swap people out and I don't know. I think we that was more the thought." <laughs> But we definitely, we certainly weren't planning on having a big company. No, but one of the things I think we did do, and maybe it's just because it's natural to me and it's something I gravitate towards, and I like to hack anything. I mm -hmm. want to find any way, what can I, how can I make every, anything as fast as possible so I don't have to spend time doing it? Mm -hmm. That's important to me. And so as we did grow, one of the things I will say is whether or not you've planned to or not, What's most important is just when you are adding something to your business, also adding a system to support it. Mm -hmm. And I think we did that without even knowing what we were doing. And like, as we would grow, we'd be like, oh, we need a way of managing teams. What are we gonna do there? Oh, we need to manage, we're getting a lot of leads. We need a way of managing that better. So get a system, get a system. Um, we very quickly kind of, I think, gravitated towards that way of running our creative business. Yeah, I was recently uh, going through old, uh, Google forms or Google uh, sheets, right? Because uh, when we first started, we were just like, when someone books us, what do we do with them? How do we keep in touch with them? Uh, I guess Our we'll, first ever baby system. I guess we'll put them in a Google sheet and put their email there. So when we are like, hey, your wedding is in a, a few weeks, we can know where to email them back. You look to. at that sheet, you're like, we oh, know what their names are. So organized. simple things. Oh, yeah. It was not organized at all. And so I, I recently went back to like our 2012, 2013, 2014. And it's funny to see how gradually better it gets and how much more organized and color coded. And just like, because you just realize how much time it saves you over time. Like I looked at the first year and I'm like, what is this? It's like people's names. <laughs> you mixed wrote with it like, and you don't even know how to read it. Yeah, I don't, I'm like, it has like. I don't know, like certain like codes next to them, which I, I promise you, I didn't even remember when I wrote them. Yep, <laughs> like, yep, yep. A good system, just like literally something like a good naming convention mm -hmm. in your file systems. Like the point is like teams and collaboration run off systems. Yep. You know, in and I actually think just humans do because like like he wrote those bad spreadsheets and he doesn't even know what he meant. Mm -hmm. And like it, I don't know, like five years is seems like a long time. It's really not that long, and it's like it never happened to you. Yeah, yeah, I would laugh at that fool. Back <laughs> the, the five, the five year ago version. Yeah, of you. I know. What an idiot! I know. But hopefully that's encouraging because 
I mean, when we first started, I was certainly not a systems person. And uh, now I feel like my whole life operates based on systems and, you know, life changes and it gets way easier. And so the point of a system is honestly to be more efficient. And the point of being more efficient is to make more money, Mm -hmm. either by providing more quality so that you can raise your prices Mm -hmm. or or get into a different market that maybe is a little more where you want to work or um, allows you to have higher volume, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I think those are the three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So you, you want to make more money. And so that's really what we're talking about here is like, and I, and I think good art co- coincides with money. So I think it's not just a lot of people like, Oh, you're a business person and you're a creative, but it's like being a good creative definitely helps you be a good business person. If you're better, your art is the more easier it is to sell. Um, and so it's all related. And we talked about really in the last episode, the four main systems that we evaluate when it comes to our business and four systems, I think every, wedding creatives should have, um, I guess really any wedding professional, which is, I guess any business, right? Which is lead generation, um, lead, lead management, lead processing kind of thing, um, project management and project follow-up. So this is how I break it down and we kind of break it down. You got leads and you got clients and a lead has a, like maybe over a short period of time, a lot of interactions you have with them. You know, most leads are in our system, in terms of being touched by our team, two months, I'd say, between the first form fill to either being totally jettisoned and they're not one, we're not dealing with them anymore and being closed and sold. And sometimes a little longer, but I would think the average client is, a, is about two months that they're being processed. So those are, when it comes to your lead leads, like they have a lot of interactions in a really small amount of time. And so we spent a lot of time on that in the last episode. And so if you are just checking this episode out and you want to hear a lot about how we process our leads and how do we handle sales and really where our systems are all the way from marketing and branding to lead capture to sales all and turning them into a client. Today, we're going to be focusing more on, okay, they've signed on the dotted line and they're a client. And really what happens with our um, systems once someone's a client? And and I think like, this is how I feel about this part, Jared. I feel like this is the part where we have maybe, we've grown a lot and we're still needing to grow a lot more. More so I even than the, 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 I feel like the leads, we, took, we do a pretty solid job on. I feel good about that. But I feel like, like this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Yeah, I think um, over time, as your business grows, <clears throat> you learn what your clients really want and how to best serve them. And then as you grow, that is, is really put to the test, right? It's like, it's stretched. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to email somebody five times and create like this deep lasting relationship with them, like some people are like, I want to be friends with all my clients. You know, you're going to be put to the test when you're working with 30, 40, 50, 70 clients being friends with all your clients. Yeah, like So is that a good system? It really, you have to constantly be flexing and changing because your company is always changing. And I feel like leads, like you just, you just try to find this way to save as much time as possible with leads. You just try not to, the goal is not to waste time with leads. I don't think that that's really the goal with clients. The goal with clients is to make them have a good experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so your goals change a little. And so the way that you treat the people and the way that the systems can't be as hands off anymore. 
They require a lot more, like one of the systems is just customer service, like helping customers, yep. helping your clients have a good experience. And, and so it, it's a much, I think this part is a little more high touch. For that's And I think that, that counts for everyone. Um, the part that might not count for everyone that we're going to talk about today, which will either be super interesting to you um, because either you've just wondered how other people do it or you yourself would like to do it, is um, the team's part. We have a whole bunch of people we're managing. How many, like, we have four to five lead shooters that aren't including us. Mm -hmm. um, and then just in terms of our um, contractors and assistants, what do you think that's at this year? Uh, so we have our lead editor. We have, we have you and I, who are just kind of do everything people. Um, two lead shooters that are employees, three lead shooters that are contractors, and then we probably have eight assistants and second shooters. And even flex is a little, because there's probably some so fill You're probably people. looking at like 15, 16 people. Some people are more um, active the beginning of the year or the beginning of the summer. Uh, some people go away to college, and so they're gone September, October. So it, it fluctuates. Point is, it's more complicated when you add more people and we have a lot of people to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, we try to, to just work with deal with work <laughs> to serve. Yeah. <laughs> we try very hard though, to um, work with people that we vetted and that we know, mm -hmm. and we don't. And one of our systems, this is just a system that we maybe have even, we haven't put this in writing, but I think we just do it this way. We're not going on like forums and saying who wants to work. I, I'll pay you 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. We've never done that. No. Like, we don't do that. We try to take people from the very beginning, assistants, train them as an assistant, and then train them as a second shooter and hopefully get them within a couple of years to a place where they can be a lead shooter. Yeah. I did recently try Facebook's uh, job applications for an, an internship, and uh, I would recommend that nobody ever do that ever <laughs> again. It's like the worst experience I think I've ever had. The worst applicants. <laughs> just If you filled that out, we don't care. I don't care. You're the worst. <laughs> All you people that filled out are the worst. Like schedule times to come in and then just cancel on you the day of. So, you people are the worst. <laughs> anything that you're going to do with other people is going to require a whole other system. And that's really what my point is. And so if you're just by yourself... I do think you can still learn a lot from this episode and I think it will still help you. Yeah. But if you are dealing with even like two or three people, I think literally once you get beyond like one other person, mm -hmm. you start to really need a lot more systems to keep it up. And the good thing is a lot of those systems scale. Yeah. So whatever you're doing with two people, if it's a good system, and that's how you know if your system's good. If you are adding people and it still works, you have a good system. Um, so let's talk about our project management, you know, um, kind of setup. We talked about in the last episode using Asana and why you should use Asana. For those that didn't hear that, um, go back and listen, but I'll refresh your memory. Um, basically, Asana is similar to maybe a Basecamp, um, a Trello. Obviously, there's a whole range of those platforms out there. We choose Asana because it's free for up to 15 people, um, has good integrations, uh, works like with Zapier, Slack, um, HoneyBook. Actually, yeah, no, through HoneyBook yep. as well, um, using Zapier. And um, it is uh, just works. It's It's got list-based management as well as um, 
board style management, which a list is just like literally a to-do list. And a board is like a bunch of columns and you label them however you want. And so for editing, we use boards. And for just managing random people day of, we use um, lists. And so tell, let's talk a little bit about kind of a project is created um, through, you know, the person signing on the dotted line, right? And, and they get in there. What are you doing as the leader to kind of get that wedding set up? The wedding automatically gets put in Asana, right? Yep, yep. Uh, so they sign, the, they sign their document. Uh, their agreement, they make a payment, and uh, their project is put into Asana, uh, usually by their name and the project, the type of type of video or photography yeah. work. And that just we're as doing. a side, you might have to rename those projects because it, weird stuff can happen there. So yeah. don't just assume it's going to be right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, we we personally, and it might not be the best solution right now, but I've yet to find something that really works as well and it's just super accurate, is we, we do have a Google Sheet still. That Google Sheet is still in existence, but uh, it is much better and much nicer and very refined and I would say elegant looking. I it's think beautiful. it's I think it's a beautiful thing, actually. Uh, but that is like the brains of our company, right? And so, um, so their names get put into that document. That's the place where uh, I put how much we're gonna be paying our contractors, how much we're going to be just paying everyone involved. Um, so as we're creating these projects, we're also starting to track the cost of the, of the project. Yep, that's uh, that's where it originates from. Um, and yeah, so that's the, they're locked and loaded. They're put into Asana. They're put into that Google Sheet. The client is is in. They're locked in. So this is why we have two ways of doing it. Just so you know, if you're wondering, like, why do they have a Google Sheet and Asana? The Google Sheet is for us as leaders because we don't need every one of these employees to know what everyone is getting paid Mm -hmm. um, or just have – there's just a lot more information than they even need in there, and it would get kind of confusing for them and a little overwhelming. It has project uh, costs. um, Bunch of stuff. Yeah, income. So we're actually able to track really quick how much money we're making on the year. We're tracking things that they don't need to Generally, yeah. And so it's a back-end system for us as leaders. Asana is for them. Yep. And Asana we use to let them know what days they're working yep. and what they're supposed to do. So we would say, like, lead, shoot, wedding, assign them with a date. They get an alert. They can go sort my task and see all the weddings they're working. Um, and they get, you know, they, they can check that they did it if they want. We usually will just check it for <coughs> them. But, like, there's it's basically we're using that as team management to let people know what they're supposed to do. The other thing that it does is it we use it to um, keep who's shoot the shooting and the editing in one project, mm-hmm. and so we can you know we have all the shooting tasks assigned to the shooters, and then we have all the editing and delivery tasks assigned to the people who are responsible to editing the videos, delivering the videos, you know, sending the videos to the clients, whatever yeah. it is. All this stuff can be managed there. And I will say this: every year we're tweaking it mm-hmm. to change it, but. That's why we have a system like that because we need a way of not only managing clients and managing that, making sure that we show up and making sure that we pay everyone the right amount and making sure that we're making profit. We need a way of actually making sure the work is getting done and telling the team what is expected of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, I guess the difference too between a HoneyBook and the Asana um, uh, workplaces, 
HoneyBook is outward facing. That's where we include everybody on the team so that everyone can see if the client reaches out and is like, where's my video? That Kyle or lead editor can be like, oh, sorry, I forgot <laughs> to send that to you or whatever. He can actually reach out. HoneyBook, or I'm sorry, Asana is a place where Kyle can be like, where the heck is that video? I thought we were done with that video. And then we can have a, our behind the scenes freak out moment. <laughs> Not yeah. necessarily, but that's where we can and you know, interact no with the And it has no client facing into anything yeah yeah like one thing i'll tell you guys about the more you work with teams the more you want to quarantine your communications so that nothing could ever be seen by a client by accident yep i can tell a story about that uh yes tell it and one then i'll tell i'll tell one time i, I sent an email and, and luckily it wasn't really bad what i said but um this we were doing a uh, an app development for this guy and we were doing uh, like user testing and we were making these videos and then he was asking for this feature in this app that we were developing and I was I was like, oh, no, dude, like this isn't going to work. Like, and so the person emailed me and I forwarded, I responded to the, the developer and I was like, I don't think he knows what he's asking for, but let's just try to find a way to explain it to him. Something like that. And then, the, then I get an email from the guy. He's like, actually, you shouldn't include me on this email. <laughs> from the guy you're from talking smack about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luckily, I didn't say anything really bad. But yeah. like when you get into, when you're working with clients and all these people, oh, like, yeah. how easy is that to do? Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, and people just, you want to have small wins with people, with your clients, especially. Like if you guys, like, I don't like to have our team ask me questions in front of the client. Like sometimes if it's like super light and easy, like, are you guys excited to be there? Or is it, I don't know, <laughs> maybe, but probably no, not. Yeah, but, nothing that makes them feel uncomfortable. But you wanna be just one unit. Like I want one voice responding to the client. Oh, your video will be here next week or whatever. Um, and I was just gonna mention, you know, a lot of times when you're doing, when you have a creative company like ours, when you're doing weddings, and this isn't a part-time job for, all of our team members, or it isn't a full-time job for all of our team members. It's a part-time job. They're working on the weekends. Having programs like this that allow everyone to be on the same page is huge. Well, huge. And, and also that allow you to pick up the slack when someone who doesn't really give a crap about your company drops it. Yeah. Because that can happen. And if you're just relying on their emails or just emails, you're, you don't have a paper trail. And a platform like Asana, HoneyBook, Slack will let you have a paper trail of what was said and what yep. they did. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm looking and you never emailed this person. Yeah. Or tell your, we tell our studio manager, this person never emailed this person. Can you email them? Yeah. But I know that they didn't do it. Yeah. Because I can go and look instead of me having to figure it out. Do you, uh, do you want to hop into Slack a little bit? Yeah. Bit. Slack, Slack is, is well known. Everybody knows Slack. We use Slack as our main communication tool. We try not to use email at all internally. We use email when we're talking to like yep. outside facing people, but internally we use Slack. We have a, you know, a channel for all our contractors, single user channel, um, which doesn't cost extra, but you, you do need to have a paid version of Slack, I think, to have single channel users, but, but you don't have to pay for those users. And then of course, private messaging, we use that. And we, you know, we'll use that to say like, great job this weekend, or here's a video that Caleb shot that's really awesome. Um, and then of course we have private channels that are, for just the owners. And then we also have channels that are for the staff shooters. Mm -hmm. So like we use it in a lot of different ways. Yep. Yep. 
Slack is great. Um, mail. So this is the other part about our leads or our, and our clients. One of the things we do, and we're trying to get better at it, and it works when we do it, but this is just, if I would say what we're working on now in this system is our upsell emails to clients mm-hmm. before their wedding day. Yeah. For instance, client signs up, they get a, a recap package, they don't get a second shooter, they don't get drone. We are working on getting automation set up using Zapier, MailChimp, and HoneyBook all together to, based on someone's project type, um, if they don't have a second shooter, they might get an email a couple months before their wedding that says, hey, do you know we offer second shooters? You know, this is how much it costs. Maybe we decide, oh, well, let's do a, let's do a deal. Mm-hmm. Let's do 10% off just because we want to get people into that next level of pricing. And so like you can actually, if you have good systems, you can manage all this other crap, then you can start doing things that create wealth like this. Last year, I think we did about 10% of our sales as a la carte. We wanna do more without having to call people and actually spend the time upselling them. So we're trying to use a system as like a digital salesman and putting everyone on a track based on their project type. So over the course of like nine months, a year, they'll hopefully get like four or five emails with more opportunities for us to upsell and sell these other things using HoneyBook, Zapier, and MailChimp. And this is where I'd say, if you're a business at home and you're like, I have 10 clients, you can crush us on this kind of thing. Like there are benefits of being a big company. There are benefits of having a smaller kind of operation. Uh, This is definitely a benefit of being a smaller operation because you can just pepper people nonstop with like, Hey, I was really thinking about your wedding day, and I think you'd benefit from having a second shooter. Would you be willing to spend an extra five? Sure. Your numbers should be way higher. That's a system. If you're a self-operating, smaller operation, because you can just get to know your clients and really crush a company like ours, where it's hard for me to be able to communicate the way that a smaller operation would be able to communicate. Yeah. All the system is doing, and like I said in the last episode, is it's telling you when something will be done, yep. how something will be done, and by whom something will be done. Yep. And so you don't need to be – we we talk a lot about automation and really fancy tech stuff. That's what we do. If your system is I will email them three months, I will email them in two months, I will email them one month before their wedding, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's still a system. Is it – infinitely scalable probably not no system is in my opinion i mean i think there's always going to be some systems you outgrow just know how you want to get it done that you can't if you're looking at any kind of thing and you're like i don't know who's going to do it i don't know how it's going to get done i don't know when it's going to get done that's really what we're trying to get you to think about you can't not know and and planning for those systems in the future if you plan to grow you should be you know taking a step into you know the water to see how these kind of automations will work because if you're going to do 20 weddings next year some of your systems are going to break they're going to fail you're going to have to reevaluate and and, you know find an automation that fills the the time that you've you know spent the the previous year and give yourself time to do that Mm mm-hmm Yep. Like plan on that's what, that's what this time of year, you know, the, the slow time of year should be, we figure out your systems. We probably spend from November to March tweaking, analyzing, reworking systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we do in the off season. And I think we're, we're hugely benefited from it in a way that we would have, if we would have built a perfect business, we would have said, we'll never, we'll make the same amount of money every month. Yeah. And I think I would have been wrong. I think having this break, kind of like that Sabbath kind of moment where you're like inhale, figure it out and then go and kill it for like six, seven months is really benefited us. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, 
we worked the wedding. Everything went perfect. Everyone showed up when they were supposed to show up. The team knew everything. The client up, got upsold. They bought a, a drone package. Everything was perfect. Um, and then we shot the wedding. At this point, you know, and we even delivered the wedding because I don't consider a project closed until the client has the wedding film and they're like, this is great and it's over. Even after it's over, you still should have a system for your follow-up. And like, we've done this in a lot of different ways over the years in terms of following up with clients. Like, how has this kind of evolved? Because I think like we used to do some stuff with like reviews and things like that. Maybe we're not doing that as much anymore. You know, I think we're still figuring this one out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I guess it depends what's important to you, like as a business, like something that's really important to me, that's probably less important to you is like, I want to see those videos done so fast. If I could get all my videos done within a week, I would do it because I want to get them out. I want to get them off my plate. I want to be able to get to some other things. Your concerns are more like, I, you know, I want to have work for the guys. I'll take commercial. My work, concerns are just put it off a little bit. Be longer. reasonable and not yeah. have goals that are impossible and just accept reality. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like sure. that's all I'm saying. It's like, eh, it takes the time it takes, yeah. and like we should get better every year and if it's possible. But I'm not overly concerned about. Yeah. It. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess our but they get the but they get the video. Let's assume they got it already, and we're doing project follow up. And this is like we're closing the project out. And we used to kind of have, I know we've done this a lot of different ways over the years. Yeah. Uh, so, so talking about more like delivery. Well, when you're done, the person's already got it in their hand. You're following up with this client, you know, for instance, yeah. we used to go, all right, Hey, fill out a, for I know a lot of people probably do this. Yeah. Uh, go and if you can review us on the knot, like that email yeah. automatically gets triggered. I usually do that it. before the video is delivered, to be honest. Uh, just asking for a review because I think, then it provides them um, a positive. If you had a positive experience on the wedding day, they're going to give you a good review even before they deliver the video. I mean, how many times have people been like, I can tell you guys just did such a good job today. And you're like, you haven't seen the video at all. People want to give you a good review based on what they've experienced with you. Yeah. So giving them the outlet even before they deliver the video, I think that's really worked well for us in the past. Yeah. So. And that's what we do. Yeah. And you might do it differently, but we we, we oftentimes are <coughs> sending it um, almost right away. We don't have a ton of project yeah. follow-up, but you do need to know what you're going to do. Yeah. That's what I would say. We don't do a ton. We pretty much will... Yeah, we deliver people. the wedding and, and ask for their address and then, you know, say like, you know, here's your video, you know, thanks for working with us. Yep. And then that's really it. And I we mean, might ask for a review. Yeah, and I do think there's some potential there, potentially we, to, you know, hey, do you have friends who, you know, would be interested in having a wedding video? You know, there's some follow-up stuff. Again, that's something that someone who only has like 10 weddings a year could crush us on. Well, one of the things we are working on, and I, this isn't done yet, so it might be a failure, mm -hmm. but I think, I think it'll help a little is people who only bought raw footage. We do have follow up with them for yep. instance. So people who bought raw footage, we will follow up about their edits probably within three months. Um, do you want edits? Um, also people who didn't buy like all linear cuts, like all the other things, we will try to follow up with them like stuff like anniversary time, like, mm -hmm. Oh, wouldn't it be a great and Christmas the next year. Yep. So we do have some follow-ups for wedding our, albums from the photography side, prints, yeah. all that kind of stuff. We do we have some systems for upsells for things that we know someone could still buy from us because every wedding we shoot, we shoot the same way no matter what package they bought. Because 
that way we know like I can sell them a full ceremony cup. So we never, we always are on sticks for our, for our recap videos. We'll have like a guy on a monopod and one guy on sticks or one camera on sticks because we know come anniversary season and people do it all the time or just three months later that we have an opportunity to sell them that, that video or to sell them those speeches. And so that would be a thing I would, I would consider. That's part, our follow-up pretty much is only, thanks for working with us, here's your video, maybe ask them for a review. Yeah. And then depending on what they bought, maybe ask, remind them about some of our upsells yeah. that they might want. And oftentimes they do want it. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what people are doing out there. Like if you are listening to this and you have like an amazing follow-up that you just find super successful, like share it like i would love to know what people are doing kind of for follow-up because i think there's some things we haven't really no, tested this i think no, usually I've, by the time i reach the end of the project i'm like here's done with it <laughs> yeah i'm like <laughs> thank you for giving us a good review and we're <laughs> like it's we tough. worked our butt off for you like we appreciate you and you know hopefully we shoot one of your friends and we see you there we can give you a hug but yeah well, this is why you need a system for it and this is why i'm saying we're not great at this yet yeah because and part of me feels like it's like trying to squeeze blood out of stone a little bit. Like, I would just, know. I've always said, just do an automatic email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You shouldn't be spending a bunch of time on it, but just a little reminder, it, that's worth it to me. Yeah. It's not worth it to me to call them and try to spend a bunch of time upselling them. Don't show but, up at their house and bring cookies. But we sold. Want to hang out. <laughs> I know for a fact we sold at least 10 grand worth of edits after weddings last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was like, I mean, we did a big volume. Yeah, we uh, randomly did a email, just a batch email for everyone that got a very specific thing. Um, you know, post post wedding, a year after. Hey, do you want anniversary edits? And just kind of reminding them that you exist. You know, oh, do you want to edit of your full ceremony? You only got a recap video. Did it like, work? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff that worked. We probably sold four or five of them. Well, and also like, I mean, even um, I remember that wedding we did in San Francisco. We did a basic recap and then they saw the recap and then they said, I love this recap. Yep. Give me every single speech. They had eight speeches mm -hmm. and all the ceremonies that they spent two grand. Yep. And, and I would, I would say, um, you know, on the video side and, and, and likely on the photo side too, I, I think it works hand in hand, but, um, publishing, photo, I, I think makes a lot of sense. Publishing your work to Instagram and Facebook, like, like a quick recap soon after the wedding. Um, is super beneficial. I've had people that oh, will book us. I didn't even think us. about I didn't even mention that, but that is part of uh, our... I'll have people um, that will shoot. We'll get an Instagram preview out within two weeks. So like a 30-second trailer teaser kind of video that we post. And then the mom will call us back and be like, my son is getting married in November. Can you shoot his wedding too? Great. Here's another five grand coming in. And, well, let's talk know. about the psychology of the post-wedding day. And, and so this... I don't have a system for you here. I'm just going to tell you how people think mm -hmm. and you should come up with a system to capitalize on it. I had a debate with someone the other day. If your name's not Alex Douglas, you shouldn't be delivering your wedding film super, super far away. Not just because, but not for any reason that like they deserve to have their wedding film in a week for you as a business owner. This is what I mean. And you say it all the time. And I, and I actually a hundred percent agree with this. I just, um, People aren't excited about their wedding for much longer than three months. And, yeah. it, and it decreases by the day. Like literally some people go on their honeymoon and have a horrible honeymoon. I, I, I saw someone on a Facebook group the other day and they were like, 
yeah, I just finished this person's wedding after six months. And then they emailed me and said they just weren't excited about it anymore. After like six months, you know, and I was like, dang, you got like a whole nother lifetime to live with this person and think about this wedding day. But that's how people are, you know, yeah. like they, they, I, I like the idea of having something for them that, you know, they, they've, they're still on a high, they're on their honeymoon high. They come back. They're like that thing that we just experienced like two weeks ago. That was amazing. Right. And then if you're willing to drop like a 30 second to a minute Instagram, like teaser on their lap. They'll be like, oh, we get to relive it. You know, all those emotions kind of come back. You want to be. You look like a Superman. You want to be surfing that wave. Yep. You don't want to create waves. Yep. And I think that's really what happens a lot of times is a lot of people are just like, this is compound and they're like wedding film. Yep. And it's like, you're just a little ripple. Yep. You, that person's excitement about their wedding day and their mother's excitement and their sister's excitement and mm -hmm. all the bridesmaids and all these people who are so psyched. Like you want to be part of that. Yep. And if you're waiting like six months later and they've been to their house eight times and they're already pregnant and they bought two more dogs and <laughs> like, like seriously, just think about this. If that person gets pregnant, you are screwed with getting referrals from that wedding mm -hmm. because you know what? All they're going to want to talk about is they're going to, it's all about the baby. Yep. And it's like, you know, whatever it takes the time it takes. I, but like, if you have a really good system for follow, like for, you know, project follow up. That involves like, I'm gonna do this marketing, I'm gonna tag these people. We've been trying to do this story thing. Why? Because I wanna take advantage of the fact that if I tag someone in the story that they can share it to their story and then all their friends and families will see it more likely probably than even if they put it on their feed. Mm -hmm. We haven't yeah. nailed it, we haven't, we haven't killed it, but like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of money to be made here after the wedding, I really believe it. Mm -hmm. Like not just, this is actually what's funny is this actual like cycle of lead, lead generation, lead processing, project management, project follow up is a circle. Yeah. Because because your project follow up oftentimes leads directly into lead generation. And that's how you need to think about it is your business is always on a cycle and it's actually concurrent circles. So like you're going to be processing leads, closing projects, and they need to happen all at the same time. And if you don't have a system for it, you're not going to be able to manage it all. So hopefully that was at least a little helpful. We didn't get into the nitty gritty of a lot of these things. Um, we'd be glad to, if you're, there's an, if you, some of you guys were like, just talk about just Asana. We'd love to hear about it or talk just about MailChimp or emails or whatever. We can talk about that stuff. Um, we're glad to, but today let's just talk about ourselves. Let's take each one of these areas lead generation, lead processing, project management, project follow up. And let's kind of give ourselves a grade of yep. how we think we're doing um, based. And we'll just do, you know, A, B, C, D, F. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people, if you listen to the last podcast, it's probably something that you did was actually grade yourself in all of these four areas. So, um, so let's, let's stack, let's stack our grades up to, uh, up, up to them versus well. you, us yeah. versus you. That's how we want this podcast to be seen is a competitive. Where'd which, our marker go? Uh, probably fell on the ground. Probably fell on the ground. Okay. Well, we can just say it. Yeah, no, nobody on the podcast is going to see us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's start, um, by, by talking about lead generation. Um, I want to hear your opinion first. Okay. Um, lead generation. I would say we, that's probably one of our strengths. It's definitely one of your strengths. Um, I would probably give us a, a solid B on lead generation. 
because I, which I think is a good grade. I think we do it probably better than most people just by how, um, yeah, by, by how many leads we get every single year. If you were to compare us to other people, you'd probably have a higher grade. But I think there's a lot of areas that we can get a lot better in when we are um, in, in trying to get different types of leads. A, a big thing for us is diversity, right? Like we want to yeah. have a wide scope of places people, where people are coming from. Um, and I, I think don't really want to have if it more than 25. I'll give us a B plus there. I think we're a solid B plus. I was going to give us a B plus as well. Okay. Um, I don't really want to have more than 25% of my leads coming from any one place. Mm -hmm. um, just because that just scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Like I, when people are super psyched about getting all their leads from Instagram, I'm like, oh my God, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. They change. Yeah. You're going to be screwed. Like I feel like I'm like, oh, I got eight leads there. Like when people go like, oh, the knot, it's terrible. I paid all this money and I only got 10 leads. I'm like, oh, great. I got 10 leads from, I, I booked 10 weddings from the knot. That's great. That's the, you know, that's like yeah. right where I want to be. Yep. Some you of know? your leads are going to be more expensive than others, which is fine. I just want to have a lot more control over my business. And so I think we do a good job generating leads from SEO. We generate leads from wedding wire, the knot. Yep. We generate leads from, you know, from social, mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Not so much Facebook. We mm -hmm. could do better there. Um, and those are like, and of course, you know, the client referrals, the vendor referrals. Yep. So, so I think we do a good job there. I'd like us to do a better job generating our um, social leads. I think we can do a lot better there. I think we can do a lot better in SEO. <laughs> I think we can figure out a way of what I hate about the knot in the wedding wire is sometimes you're not what the client's looking for and we aren't able to sell them. I think we do a better job than of closing on those leads that are coming from those paid platforms. And, Cause I believe like if someone's calling me, they're interested in buying what I'm selling mm -hmm. and something about the pitch product price didn't work. Yeah. I think the, the, the difference in why we we're not getting an A cause I, I still see a lot of people kind of slip through our fingers that are like the price point people. So we have a solution for that, that we haven't really tackled yet. But, uh, but yeah, those are, yeah. those are the people. I'll give myself an talk. A when I can close, when I can sell something to more of those, those brides when yep. they call me up and they're like, oh, I don't want this. And you I'm really like, don't have anything to offer them. No, no, yeah. we don't. And I'd love to yep. be able to offer them something. Yep. Um, so you go first on lead process. Okay. So my opinion is, I would actually say this is where I would mostly, I would give us an A minus. Okay. Because I think that this is where. Interesting. Because our close rate is so high mm -hmm. and it's not perfect what we're doing. And yep. so that's why I'm not giving us an A plus or whatever. But I, but our close rate is like is really, really high once we get them in the door and when they're properly um, qualified. Mm -hmm. Like if we get a qualified lead who can afford it, who has you know the right wedding we're closing on them mm -hmm. we're not like we're not having all these perfect brides who are a great fit for us not booking us mm -hmm. like we know pretty much like you'll always be like oh yeah i talked to this person they're gonna book us and then oh, i talked to this person they're not gonna book us like it's like right you know that almost every time yep and we're not like forgetting about them i think we can get a little better on being a little more um there's, there's got to be a better way to get some of those second and third follow-ups to re-engage, you know? And that maybe that's just 
a failure of like how we're actually where the lead is coming from Mm -hmm. and maybe our lead generation needs to be a little more targeted at the right place but i think in general i I give us an a minus i i i that is such a complex process and we do it in a very sophisticated way yeah that's interesting see i would give us because this is more my field and what i do every day um i would give us a b minus uh just because i see there's a lot of and, and and i mean processing kind of bleeds a little bit into generation we do a great job with generation i think more the conversation about closing right is lead processing yeah and so that's probably where we have more of a fallout where i'm like i can do more for those people that just fall off um well that's what we talked about before when we jumped the subjects yeah yeah which is like yeah what we're generating a lead for someone who can't afford it yep yep and we need something for them yep um and and also i i think there's um I don't know. There, there's more that I can do. There's more that I can do here to to make sure that those people like, because a lot of times I'll talk to someone on the phone and maybe I'm just like pretty cocky when I get off the phone. I'm like, yeah, the person's got a book or they're not going to book. And I'm like, I just have gotten to the point now, like a lot of people will bang down the door and be like, are you going to book? Are you going to, you know, are you? and I'm just like, they want to book the book, whatever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, that's true though. It, it, it is, it is. But I could probably... I probably lose out a little bit by not just being like, you know, Hey, are you going to, you know, are are you guys going to book wanting to follow up with you? Like three days later, like sometimes that three days later can turn into like a week later can turn into two weeks later, can turn into a month later. And I'm like, I forgot about this person. Hey, you got a book. What's up with you? You know, like (laughs) I'll give us, I'll knock us down actually to a B plus because I think there's something that we don't do well at all, which is, or we're not, this would be a big area of if we can improve in this area, it would really affect our business, which is trying to make sure that we have a plan for right now. Our goal is to do four weddings and that's all we take on a day, mm-hmm. but we're actually are end up turning down a lot of five wedding opportunities. Not a lot, but a handful. Yep. 10, and 10, like, 20. We probably could have shot 19 weddings this year, <coughs> but we're happy for all our friends that we referred. Yes. Yes. But I think, a gro- using that lead processing to mm-hmm. dictate our growth. So saying like, oh, I know, okay, I know I turned down 17 weddings this year on days where I was quadruple booked and I wanted to, if I would just get another shooter and another rig, I could have made an extra 50 grand le- this year. And it's like, that's kind of an afterthought for us because I think we're just kind of surviving. And trying to figure out a way to add that extra day or add that extra wedding, make that extra 50 grand in our lead processing. I think we can, that's something we, I think, can improve on and I think would actually make a big difference on our company. Like, that's a very tactical decision we can start working on. Mm-hmm. Um, project management, um, you start. Yeah, see, I would almost put the, the extra shooter in the project management side of things. Um, I just think you have to sell it first. It's not just the extra shooter. It's going like... I know we could sell it, though. Yeah, but we won't sell it because we just automatically set up a rule where we don't. It's mostly the the person. Like, we need the person. So project management is really... It involves team management, and that person would be on our team. Like, and, and for us, that's training and workshops, you know? And so doing a better job with training and workshops, like... I, you know, project management, you know, honestly, I'd probably say 
we do fine here, but this is probably where my biggest struggle is. I would probably give us a C plus. Here. I'll give us a C. I'll give us a C plus um, because it's it's a lot of hey, this person I've assigned you to the wedding day, and then that person is like a month beforehand. Oh, actually, I'm an assistant and I can't shoot that wedding. I have my sister's quinceanera. Where's this PDF? Yeah, and it's like a lot of information that I'm just like, you guys should go find it, and you know, um, but also the, the, going back to the the, the team member things. Um, I've made a lot of personnel decision and, and had personnel failures where I'm like, this person's going to be a lead shooter next year. And then they s assist with us and second shoot with us. And I'm like, they're certainly not going to be a lead shooter next year. <laughs> they are a sh mo. Like, they're not they're ready. Not ready. And they just want to screw me. Uh, and they only want what's important to them. And so, um, maybe I just believe in people too much, but that, that's a learning process for us. I think this year will be a lot better and, uh, having an office admin will certainly help with the management. So let's just keep in mind a C is a pass. And so we, you know, we gave ourselves a C. Um, I gave us a C. You gave us a C plus um, in project management. And and so when you're evaluating your own business, you're looking at really just a basic question. Okay, is it good enough to get by? That's a C. All right, I'm just surviving. Is it helping me grow and actually something of that's a strength of mine and, it, and it's doing well, I think that's in the B range. If you're like, I can't imagine how I can improve this. It's perfect and it's doing more than I could have ever hoped for and it's killing it, that's an A. And so like, we kind of always think, ah, oh, we can always get better, that's how we think. Mm -hmm. A C, I'm like, I feel like we're just surviving with our project management. Yep. It's basically doing the job. It's kind of a mess. It's well, kind of this an afterthought. Is like this is where like the actual work happens, right? So it's like there, this is where a majority of your time is going to be spent doing random things. Well, and it's also kind of easy once you get into something internal like project management, it's easy to kind of mail it in and kind of just be like, yeah, whatever. No one's going to see this, but my guys, and they mm -hmm. know what it is, mm -hmm. whatever. And I think, you know, there are times where we do that. I think we can get more organized yep. there and, yep. and make and, it easier for them. And I've found with this process, we probably, um, just try to make it the most complicated with no real cause. Like there's certain things with the project management. I'm like, why are we doing it this way? We could just completely, why are we sending people hard drives? Like that's a silly thing that we do. Well, why I know why we, we were doing it. Deliver it. Yeah, I know, I know. But now no, we, don't, we to. don't have to. So it's like, we should just not do that anymore. One thing I was like, for instance, DVDs. Mm -hmm. Very early on, we were like in Blu-rays. We were like, these suck. I hate these. Not only do they suck, but they're not even like delivering, like they're down, like scaling all our content mm -hmm. that we've spent all this time shooting and all these cameras. They, they just look terrible and they're and awful. How much more money are you making by making a Blu-ray? No, us, $0 because... It was included in the package? Yeah, that's terrible. So we were yeah. just like, clients didn't care about it. In one year, we just were like, we're not doing this anymore. We said, we don't do it. Yep. No one said anything. Or we, we always said that we would do it. I just told someone I would give them three DVDs for $500 and that, then they stopped asking about it. <laughs> we purposely made it horrible and not something that they would want to buy. Yeah. Not because we wanted to be mean to our customers, but because we knew the toll it took on us internally yeah. and we weren't happy with the product. It wasn't delivering the experience we wanted and we wanted to look out for our customers. And so like 
every year you're going to find some things and you're going to remove them because you're going to be looking out for your team, looking out for yourself, looking out for your customers. So I think I'm a, I'm a solid C there because I know I can get way better. Like I know we can kill it there and we're just, we're not quite there. We're, we're getting by. And maybe we like, by the way, we might not tweak it at all this year. Like we're always looking really long term with this stuff. So like we might go like this year, we're going to focus on this because I'm always focusing on generating income. And I'm making plenty of money off of it. So it's like we look at it and we go like, okay, we don't have to change it. So you don't have to change every one of your systems that isn't working. You need to fix things that are causing people to be unhappy and costing you money. Those are your immediate urgent needs that you need to tweak. And usually that's going to be in lead generation and your lead processing and sales. Usually most of us, once we get a client, we're pretty good at making them happy. I think that's what I've seen with most most Mm -hmm. people. Yep. Except for delivery. A lot of people suck at delivery. So, which is so dumb, by the way, like, don't screw up the, like, literally just do what you say with the delivery. (laughs) It's like you get this client and the last interaction you have with them is bad. Yeah. How stupid. Everyone that I know who has a successful business holds to this real rule of just do the things you say you're going to do all the time, no matter what, (laughs) stay up late, don't procrastinate, do the things you say you're going to do, make sure that you're delivering on time Um, because it is. That's the easy part. So like, easy and yeah. such a dumb mistake. Yep. yep. It's crazy to me. Yep. So, um, and like if you struggle with that, stop. Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> Make it a point to get better. I mean. I promise you it's costing you way more money than you would want to honestly admit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like anyway, because no one's going to give you a good review. No one's going to refer someone who does that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about the last one, project follow-up. Oh, I would give us a solid D. Yeah. Because I think we're not, we're, we're leaving money on the table with that. Um, and we're leaving, we're just barely getting, like, we're, we're not really doing enough there. Our lead generation is good. And maybe, and by the way, I think we're implementing some things this year that might tweak that. And, and as this season goes, I might change my mind. I think we could easily be in the C plus range. B minus range by the end of the year. Yep. But I think as of like last year, we didn't really have a good strategy for social. We weren't really having a strategy. We didn't have a a studio manager. There's a lot of real reasons and we've purposely addressed it. So as much as I say today, based on last year, like a D plus, but I could easily, I would expect it to be much higher at the end of the year based on what we've worked on. I, I would give us a, an absent an absent because honestly i don't i don't really know that's an f then i feel like we uh i feel like we arrived at the school and wandered around the hallways all day (laughs) well no (laughs) we get some sales out of it we do get some stuff out of it so i can't give us a total f because there are times where we do get some but here's here's the thing with that is like i don't know if it's if we're really failing with that i i just don't know what there is to do does that make sense like Reviews. What, what can be done? What can be done better? A systematized method of uh, collecting reviews. Sure. If you don't want to do it based on every customer, you only want to send it to people who you don't have a great experience. I don't know. How do we determine that? Yep. How is that score like somewhere where it's like check this person, send them a review questionnaire. Yep. A automatic email for the anniversary date. An automatic email for the like all those. It's not a lot that needs to be done. Yeah. It's a very small amount of things that need to be done and it should be pretty easy to succeed at, yep. but it's not really implemented yet. Sure. So every once in a while we're like manually doing it. 
yeah. we're going like, ah, oh, this person got recaps. Let's ask them. Yeah, that, and then that, we sell. I, I would agree. I would agree that that is a, a pretty crummy system right now because it's really just like, <laughs> oh, this person was great. We'll send them this review template, and you know, or, ship it off, and then uh, they fill it out, and great. Oh, this person or, pro, like mentioned to me. Maybe I'll buy the edits later, and so let's remember to email them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we're doing now. Yep. And we and it does like we do sell some things. It's not a total failure. It, it generates income. Yep. Which is how I determine, by the way. Are people unhappy? No, not really. I don't think people are unhappy with it. Mm -hmm. And does it generate income? Yeah, I do think it generates some income. It's not a total failure. But it's like, it's pretty, my guess is we're leaving a lot of money on the table. Sure, sure. That would be my guess. Um, so that's us. Is like, And we're just progressively get worse. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> As Look you go out. through. Um, but I think, honestly, if you're going to fail anywhere... Like failing on something the client doesn't even know you're failing at is where you want to fail. You don't want to fail in front of the clients. And that's our general rule, which is why we're like, okay, letting it fall apart a little. Like, okay, they don't care if we ask them for reviews. That's for us. We're more like, we want every interaction with a client. So that's just our personal philosophy is like client first, focus on the clients, focus on our clients, making them happy, making them feel like, a, like we want everything to feel like, a seamless experience where there isn't all this um, tedious interruptions and, and just, you know, delays. And like we, we think people just want immediacy. So that's our kind of philosophy. And I think we overall we're successful at that. And I think that works for us, but you know, I think yep. there's area to grow too. Yep. Are you done with your thoughts? I'm done with my thoughts. Okay. I think yeah. I'm done with my thoughts yeah. too. Yeah. So if you're a person who is listening to this and you're like, what the heck were they talking about? Um, that is really, really over my head. I promise you, forget about all the mumbo jumbo and just focus on what I said at the very beginning in the first episode, which is a system of just a set of principles and procedures that you use to operate your business. And it's, it should really answer those three questions, which is when something's going to be done, how it's going to be done and by whom it's going to be done. So all you got to do is look at those four areas, lead generation, lead processing, project management, project follow-up. And just look at what you're currently doing and say, do I have a system for it? How do you know? You know you have a system if you can answer those three questions. Who's going to do it? When are they going to do it? How are they going to get it done? Or how am I going to get it done? How is it going to get done? Um, and that's all we're really trying to encourage you to do. You don't need to copy anything that we do. We're not saying that you yep. need, oh, in order to be a good wedding creative company, you need automation and MailChimp and Asana, like, that is not the point of what we're saying. We're, we're saying we figured out what worked for us. Um, we didn't take our cues from other people. We took our cues from just what our business needed. Yep. And we built our business around that. <coughs> and for you, you got to figure that out. That's really what I wanted to end with. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, I saw somebody post on a Facebook thread the other day. They're like, I really don't like the fact that Facebook has super template-y looking emails when they send them to my clients. Facebook, and, you mean MailChimp, or uh, HoneyBook? HoneyBook, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't like that. It looks like super templated. And I was like, I don't care about that. It's my The systems are what actually matters like to me. But to that person, they wanted a very like organic, branded. like brand, quote unquote branded, by the way. But a, 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 a more um, a personal touch to their email that like for us we're like you get a personal touch you get emails often from us by the way i but just we define things differently 
there. And and in there, like I would probably argue with that person and say what you care about doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, well, it certainly doesn't matter to us. It doesn't but, matter to the clients either. I promise. But that's, that's my argument. Yeah. But I'm saying you don't necessarily need. You can manually do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be automated. You just yep. need to look and say this is what I do. This is how I do it. Yep. And am I? Is it producing good results? And am I actually doing what I say, even internally? Like, if I say I'm going to add them to a spreadsheet, do I actually do that? Mm-hmm. Am I good at that? That's how you know if you're passing and failing. And is it producing results? By doing this, is it helping me be more efficient, create higher volume, or create higher prices? Yeah. That's all we're getting at. And so, like, that's all when you're looking at your systems, you're not looking at your automation, you're not looking at the tools you use, you're looking at what your goals are and how you accomplish them and how how regular are you how how um, consistent and disciplined are you at doing that and the system is just the thing that tells you if you are disciplined or not that's why i can say like our project management isn't a big success because like we're not always doing exactly what we say we want to be doing yeah you know sure and so i know that there's a leak there because we're not necessarily adding the right things or it's not as organized as it could be and so that's all we're really talking about here's my last bit of encouragement um you can do it you probably already are doing it. A lot of you are probably doing way better than you think. And um, you're just thinking like there's some secret app or whatever that you're going to start using and it's going to suddenly make you a ton more money. Ultimately, I don't really believe that's true. Um, But what an app will do and what a tool will do and what a system will do is it will actually let you manage it when the success does come. Yeah, there's a lot of things that business owners need to do. Um, but there's a lot of things that robots can do that you can spend better, Yes. better hours, better time. The more robot employees you can get, the more it'll prepare you for actually being successful and doing well. And so when you show up on that wedding day, which is still the most important thing, when you show up and kill it, when you go to that consultation and you kill it and you, you know, excite that bride and make her just super thrilled to hire you. And that groom is like, he's a cool guy or a cool girl, whatever it is. When you do those things, the system will let you do it more often, more regularly with less overhead of your time. And it will just make you more money. I promise you, like a lot of you guys are two or three systems away from like adding 20, 30% on your income. Yep. I really believe that. So, um, hey, this is a lot in these two episodes. It's something we love and we're passionate about. So we're glad to answer questions. Feel free to just leave comments, um, subscribe, and definitely hit that alert bell. We also have a lot of other content on there. We've been trying to really build up the channel. And so we would love it if you check some of that other content out. Um, And yeah, like I said, um, we really appreciate you guys. Anybody who's on the um, Facebook group, which you can find in the um, description here in our YouTube video, um, we would love you to join the Facebook group because we want to build a community around um, wedding creatives, wedding entrepreneurs that are trying to find a way to make as much money as possible on their business while still providing the best possible experience for their clients. That's our goal. Um, yeah, this has been the Wedding Pros Podcast. Hope you guys had an awesome time listening. Um, see you later.